who's the who which member of the Rick and Morty guys is the shitbag one? <laughs> you uh is it uh the Royland guy? Yes. Justin Royland is the voice part. I think so. Okay. You're asking me for far more Rick and Morty knowledge than I have readily available, sir. Okay, yeah, he's the one who was fired from from Rick and Morty. Gotcha. Good, good, good. Okay. Okay. Sorry to have uh, blindsided you with Rick and Morty. Yeah questions you you gotta warn a guy i know it's in your contract that i'm not allowed to but (laughs) i assume i'll be talking with your union rep relatively soon yeah Thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch The Owl House. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at RoomwarePod. You can find this podcast tweeting the same thing every every oh two my weeks God. Uh, <laughs> at Gay Space Pod. Uh, with oh me, as God. always, is my exasperated co-host, August. <laughs> Hello, I'm August. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Harpy Dora on Tumblr at Strange Harpy and uh, my pronouns are they them. <clears throat> um, let's see. Let's check cartoon news real quick. I actually had pulled some things up. Um, uh, apparently, they have shuttered. The, they are shuttering the Cartoon Network building in Burbank, California. They're not Yikes. firing all of the people. They're just moving them as an animation unit, I guess, to a bigger fucking Warner Brothers building, but like Cartoon Network Studios will no longer uh, exist as of August 1st. Uh, Which sucks shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of an era. Mm-hmm. And like Cartoon Network honestly has been producing lots of good shit for like a long ass time. And uh, I think Zaslav, the guy who's running Warner Brothers right now, uh, I mean, not a controversial take that he's just like the biggest piece of shit in media. And that's a huge award to take. Yep. Um, also, uh, you know, that strange planet cartoon with the little aliens who don't understand Earth. Uh, the. Um, let me hold on. Say, I'll send you a picture of one of the little aliens. I'm trying oh, to this is an remember the post. dude. Fuck. It's by Nathan somebody, right? Nathan Pyle, yeah. Yes, yes. That is getting a uh, cartoon. Um, that it's gonna be on Apple. Awful. Yeah, it's gonna be on Apple TV. Well, Nathan Pyle is part of it, so he's okay, going to I'm be not, the creative. I'm not lead. saying that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not saying that the concept of the the strip is awful. Like the strip is is frequently endearing mm-hmm. and entertaining, but I can't imagine a world in which they translate that into a format that doesn't suck as an animated cartoon. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So that's why I was uh, I had sideswiped you with Rick and Morty questions. As uh, oh, Dan Harmon is part of it, and he has honestly brought a pretty decent number of shows to bear with like more complex or like weirder elevator pitches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like maybe teaming up with somebody who has a lot of experience in the field might make it work. It's also on Apple TV, uh, which I'm not going to watch because I don't have Apple TV. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but I don't think Apple cares. I think Apple just greens light shit. Yeah. So, although admittedly, I have been low key thinking about getting Apple TV because I've been extremely curious about Ted Lasso and Severance. So I hear Severance is fucking dope. Um, yeah, that is. I I've uh, I have been heard contemplating it has a gay old man romance. So yeah. naturally, I'm on board. I've been contemplating uh, contemplating talking to my my uncle who works at Apple to to get a hold of Severance. Hmm. Um, let's see. There's going to be a Barney CG animated cartoon that's going to be on Cartoon Network. Gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My brother loved Barney. Bar- Barney was respected in my house. So. Mm. Um. Let's see. That's the only big actual cartoon news. Uh, Nimona um, happened. Nimona did happen. Uh, it also debuted at like number nine on the top top ten list on Netflix, which is pretty fucking good. That was outdone by the fucking Paw Patrol. So R- <laughs> ripped to class class uh, solidarity, I guess. Woof. Though Paw Patrol, I mean, I'm not terribly uh, off put by that because Paw Patrol is already a massive IP. Mm hmm. So. I'm um, sorry that you're going to have to edit out the sounds of me opening and closing my mason jar. I probably won't. Um. <laughs> the I'm going to send you this is an entire this is not news August, but I'm going to send you a picture of this like god awful battle vest some turf posted to Twitter that looks like they literally just made it because it is like the most crisp, like fucking brand new looking patches I've ever seen. This is the most hot topic turf bullshit I've ever seen. Also, like no no real band. Um, if you look in there, like there's no real band, like patches, like at all. Absolute, absolute god tier, like, like absolute trash tier shit. That is, there's so much going on, and I just. 
There's so much going on. Yeah. Just. Just garbage. Let me tell you, viewer, absolute trash tier fucking battle vest that is extremely obviously been just made by some somebody who who's decidedly pretending to be punk. Can't be turf and be a punk. That's just the those are the rules. Those are the punk rules. Um, all righty. Uh, August, what have you been watching any cartoons as of late? Um, no, I mean, typical Minecraft YouTube stuff, but, uh, I haven't really watched anything outside of that. Like, I haven't even really been watching any, any sort of like, uh, um, video essays or anything like that. I've just been, uh, rewatching a couple of things for, for fanfic research uh, because of who I am as a person. Yeah. Fanfic it's research. <laughs> it's bad, Brian. I, I look forward to your to your <laughs> dissertation posted on AO3. <laughs> well, I mean, I've already posted one of them. I blacked out for a week and wrote uh the the Sentinel AU. So, um <laughs> but I had to do research for that one. Um but uh I'm I'm still bedeviled by myhouse.wad. Uh I've still been thinking about that a lot recently. I don't know why. It's just it consumes me. That could be our big Metal Gear project. We just make a Doom uh mod somehow. Oh my god. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Lord, that would that would oh, be a lot. I forgot shitty cartoon news. Um, did you see the trailer for this fucking Wonka movie? No, Timothy and Chalamet? I don't want to. I don't oh, want to. Fucking terrible. It's so shitty. It's hilariously bad. Um, oh, are you going to go to, to Barbenheimer next weekend? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that would require going to the theaters, which is still something that I'm incredibly leery of. But uh, I do want to see Barbie. I don't know about Oppenheimer, but I do want to see Barbie. As much of a capitalistic cash grab it is. You know, it's just a fucking commercial, a very big budget commercial, but a commercial nonetheless. But it'll probably be a really entertaining commercial. Oppenheimer uh, looks fine. I'm just not interested. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For same. Like, it's like, OK, cool. This looks like some. Decidedly. Oscar bait. Yeah. I mean, listen, Christopher Nolan makes pretty good movies. I'm not here to say he's, he's a shitty director or anything like that. Also, it does have the biggest explosion ever filmed. So that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you know that part, but they, they kind of like no. recreated the nuclear explosion, but they did it practically with just a big fucking explosion. Okay. Which is the, like, you know, like, I, 
practical effects are probably like you know it's one of those things where cg gets used primarily because like the people who make practical effects are union like have a union you know but that seems like a thing you could probably just (laughs) would be better to do yeah (laughs) so yeah so uh so you know there's that (laughs) Um, and then Barbie uh, destroyed, like, basically used all of the pink that existed in California. Mm-hmm. So, two movies that very are committed to their particular bits, which you got to appreciate at the very least. Yeah. Um, <sighs> let's see. What have I been watching? Um, I watched Nimona. First, first and foremost, I watched Nimona. It's pretty good. Pretty good little cartoon. Um, to be perfectly honest, my biggest complaint is that I would have preferred it to have been a series. Like, I think it would have been a fun little six episode series. Um, but I know movies, you know, that's less, that's less you have to get pitched, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I liked the movie quite a bit. They made some changes to, from the webcomic, um, which is fine. I think all the changes were good and they were mostly like kind of updating it because like it was a comic that was very had a a number of elements that were kind of of its of the time at the time. So they just kind of did some updates and stuff like that. Um, But I particularly like the, you know, uh, I like our the the main characters. They're they're extremely fun. They have great chemistry. Uh, I, I extremely appreciate their commitment to making Nimona an absolute fucking gremlin child in every <laughs> fucking frame of the movie that she is in. She is doing something like just destroying shit in the background for no reason other than just to do it, uh, which is very nice. Good. Um, good. So great movie. Glad to see uh, Nate Stevenson uh, doing doing well. Uh, maybe. Maybe Rebecca Sugar will get a movie. I don't know. I would love to see what Rebecca Sugar does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, your first series is really, really fucking good. What do you do as a follow-up? And maybe that's what the problem is, I guess. Maybe, but, um, yeah. Or that working for Cartoon Network at the time was a fucking horrible experience and they don't want to do it anymore. That's also fair. Um... Let's see. What else did I watch? I watched something. Uh, I sat down and wanted to absorb. Oh, I still uh, update. I still haven't watched uh, Secret War. Uh, That series is not compelling to me in the least. I hear it's apparently getting better as it goes along. Um, but I do not give a fuck and not even because of the, like, I didn't give a fuck before the AI intro. Um, but I super don't give a fuck about like, it just looks like all of the other shit Marvel series that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier, if Anthony Mackie and um, Sebastian Stan didn't have really good chemistry, uh, that show would have been goddamn unwatchable. And, um, I liked, I liked Miss Marvel. I thought it was fun. 
but it wasn't like top tier show, but it did introduce the character. Well, I liked she Hulk when it was, I liked the episodes of she Hulk when it was trying less to be a superhero show and more like the she Hulk comics where she's like trying to be a lawyer. I wanted the superhero lawyer show. I didn't want a superhero show, you know? Yeah. And those episodes are great. And I think that actress is fucking great. And I wish they would have spent more money on her she Hulk model. Uh, so it didn't look so bad. It looks fine until she's standing next to Bruce Banner because they're just using the assets they already have from the billion dollar movies. <laughs> and so it doesn't look as good. Um, but if she gets into one of the movies, I'm sure it will be whatever. Um, and I am looking forward to like the Marvel's movie that has like Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel all in it. I think that will be a fun movie. Um, it will be fun to see. I hope that they like, I hope Monica Rambeau is really, really shitty to Carol Danvers. Um, so that will be, that'll be fun. Um, I can't think there's a thing I just found about out about on Disney plus. That's like, um, like an animation showcase like they do with like the fucking um uh the, the Star Wars Visions um but it's mm-hmm. just an, like an original animation showcase of animators from uh I believe like African animators and like I'm like oh I need to check this out I also didn't know it existed like <laughs> uh so there's that uh That's it, I guess. The end. Uh, Let's move, I guess, this week. We are covering episodes 13 and 14 of The Owl House, First Day, and Really Small Problems. Up first is the 13th episode, First Day. Uh, Came out on July 25th. It was uh, written by Dana Terrace, Zach Marcus, Rachel Vine, and John Bailey Owen. uh, Directed by Sage... Katungo? Tungno? C O T U G N O? I don't know, man. Your guess is as Katugno. good as mine. I think it's Katugno. I may be wrong. Oh, there's two synopsises on this episode for some reason. There's a main and an alternate. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll see the difference. This is the first. Yeah. This, is our, this is a new new thing. Uh, Main synopsis. During Luz's first day of magic school, curiosity gets the best of her and she finds herself thrown into the detention track where she's not allowed to learn magic. That is. That's too plain. (laughs) That's that's too matter of fact, I feel like, for a synopsis. It's still better than most of Steven Universe's. Yeah. Alternate synopsis loses thrill on her first day of magic school. But when she is told she can only study one type of magic, she can't choose between all the tracks better. I see why they revised this. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Um. The episode starts with Luz and Ida backstage at what apparently is called the Paranoratorium. Uh. (laughs) 
which is great. Um, they are preparing for Luz's audition to get into Hexide in front of Principal Bump. Um, Luz is like, I don't know if I can do it. And Ida's like, you got this, kid. And so Luz goes out there. She gives a very dramatic entrance, and she shows that she can do two spells. And Principal Bump's like, okay, well, that's actually pretty impressive, but I don't know if it's impressive enough. And then Luz begins to try and improvise, um, doing her little eyelid flippy-outy dealio. Uh, it does not uh, go well. She ends up uh, almost catastrophically killing herself with an ice spell. Uh, and Principal Bump is like, eh, this was pretty bad, but I've seen worse. You're in, kid. Uh, flash forward to uh, Luz's first day on at school. Um, she gets yet another pep talk from Ida before she encounters Amity, who is like, hey, hey, Luz, I'm glad to see that you got in. Didn't get into the baby class. Um and then Luz meets up with Willow and Gus, uh, who congratulate her on passing her entrance exams. Uh, they also kind of, we get a soft introduction to the coven system, which will be kind of important to the series going on. But there are like, uh, what are they? There's nine? Nine yeah, tracks? Nine yeah, main, nine main covens. Yeah, we only get to see like fucking two of these goddamn things. Uh, don't get too attached to the idea of there being nine covens. We only ever experience like four of them. Uh, <laughs> they really could have done five covens, and I think maybe it would have been a little bit stronger. But um, Luz is extremely, extremely interested in all of the uh, all of the different tracks. Um And uh, she uh, goes into her. Uh, she goes into Principal Bump's office, and Principal Bump, Bump Pri blah, 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 blah. Principal Bump is like, "Yo, kid, you got to pick a track." And Luz is like, "Oh fuck, I don't, I don't know." And he's like, "Uh, I don't know. Let's like, I've got an inspector from the fucking Emperor's Coven coming today, so you need to get your shit together and to not embarrass me." She's like, "But I don't know what track I want to be in." And Principal Bump is like, "I don't know. You humans have liquids, right? I'm putting you in the potions track." Which, listen, if you got to put the person who has no weird magical bile sack in a track. There's worse ones that they, he could have put her in than the one that just she could probably actually do already. Um, Luz uh, is obviously not satisfied by this, and she begins to look into the Crystal Balls of Divinations track where she is imme almost immediately caught. And Principal Bump puts her into the detention track with all the other kids who had unnatural desires to learn more than one thing at a fucking time. Um, she is put in there with, uh, what is the, uh, her, with, uh, I'm trying to find the name of, here we go. Uh, the three students who are in detention with her are Viney, uh, Jerbo, and Barkus, who is a dog. <laughs> um, loses having a bad time in detention, as one might imagine, um, and uh, and tries to uh, kind of get a hold of Willow and Gus, telling them that she's not like she's too good for detention. She doesn't deserve this, um, though. She is interrupted by Viney introducing her to um, the real secret of the detention track kids. They have a secret hideout full of different halt. Like basically they've got like a room of requirements kind of vibe, except it can pop out anywhere 
in the school where they uh, learn all kinds of different magics. They they basically are all sort of little self-taught uh, rebels. Um, but uh, this goodwill is soured fast by uh, Viney overhearing Willow and Gus uh, parroting some of uh, some of Luz's remarks. Um, incorrectly or not incorrectly but like classic uh nobody wants to talk about anything and there's big misunderstanding vibes um meanwhile uh turns out that that inspector from the uh the emperor's coven well gosh darn it don't you wouldn't it just uh wouldn't it just make sense that that is in fact a greater basilisk in disguise um the greater basilisk starts draining all of the magic from amity and uh principal bump and basically all the fucking kids losing gus um lose at this point has escaped from uh detention inside of a trash can uh they face down the uh greater basilisk but uh Willow and Gus get 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 zapped, uh, but uh, loses good to go, um, seeing as she is not the same as one of the witches. Uh, she drags the the kids into the secret hideout and she's like, hey, listen, I am sorry, uh, detention kids. You're right. I was kind of being a prick about this. Uh, but also there's a big fucking monster attacking the school and we've got to do something. Otherwise, everybody's going to fucking die. Um, so the detention kids get on, uh, get in with the plan using their weird combinations of magics, uh, and the secret room. They are able to defeat the greater basilisk. Uh, when principal bump, uh, has had his powers restored, he's like, listen, I'm going to kick all you fucking kids out of here. And it, and Luz is like, Hey, what the fuck principal bump? Uh, and he, he very quickly goes from like, yeah, you know what? I was being kind of a prick about this. All right. What's what tracks do you want to be in? So he grants the kids special permission to like study in multiple tracks, um, kind of as a seemingly kind of as an experiment um, to see how this goes. Um, Luz still can't decide. So Principal Bump puts her in all of the tracks. Um, he also um, he also shows that the person who had created the like uh, temporal little outer space room was, in fact, Ida. Um, uh, Principal Bump writes a, uh, Principal Bump writes a stern letter to the Emperor's Coven. Oh, meanwhile, while I forgot about the B-plot entirely of this episode, uh, it's very, very minor. King is in the school. He's become a substitute teacher. The kids all love him. Uh, Principal Bump chases him out of the school with a broom like a raccoon. Star wipe the end. <laughs> Yeah, both of these episodes are relatively light on the B plot, and I think that's mm -hmm. fine. It's kind of like, all of the, so many of the characters are being shoved into like one thing too. Like, it's good though. I mean, I like like the B plot is more of just like some pacing cutaways. Yeah, yeah, just a a little bit of comic relief. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that the show isn't funny, but it's, you know, just like you said, just meant to to break up the pacing a little bit to even it out. Yeah. And it's good. It's cute. It's cute. Like it doesn't detract from anything. It's a funny little plot. Um, I you know what? I hate to be in agreement with the mouse. They've made such a cool school. <laughs> yeah, they've made a really good magic school. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it uh, even has a choosy hat. 
Yeah. Oh, God, I love the choosing hats. <laughs> <laughs> now I feast. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Love taking the piss out of uh, Harry Potter in that way. Right. And doing it better. Just doing it significantly better than Harry Potter does. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it doesn't take that much. Right. But it's it's still good to see because. Yeah, I mean, it I can be better. Admittedly, I have not read many of the like magic school YA things outside of Harry Potter. Like, I don't know nothing about the whole Percy Jackson. And I don't know. I mean, I know the X-Men, <laughs> you know. Or what's the one with the, like, it's X-Men, but it's a Victoria, and it was kind of like a uh, fucking um, Tim Burton. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Something it's Paragon, like, something, something. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know many of those, so I, I don't necessarily know how to, like, stack these up. Um, but... Uh, I mean, truly what it takes is, you know, don't be a shit heel mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you're already leagues better than anything JKR could come up with. Put like a modicum um, of thought into the world that you've built, too. Yeah. Like the the thing that's fun about Hexide is like it works within the, its own fiction. Mm -hmm. Like it works inside of a broader world that isn't like two locations. Um, yeah, because like anytime Harry Potter gets outside of the school, it gets nebulous and you don't quite understand how the rules work. And, you know, the wands eventually just become guns like this heart like. Obviously, they're using it as like a metaphor, but also the hard division on what magics can be like everybody has their own specialty in magic works really well from a storytelling standpoint. Because you get to give people, like, their fucking thing. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. Uh, the school, very fun. Um, Amity has fully, has made a full face turn already. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was a bully for exactly yeah. two episodes. I loved, uh... I loved seeing that little bit of her like agonizing uh, that we uh, that we caught just a smidge of right uh, in the hallway. Just she's being completely normal about it. It's fine. totally normal. <laughs> Amity Blight, uh, the most normal person we, we will see yes. as the series goes on. Uh, the single most normal person on the boiling aisles. Very chill, extremely collected about everything. The normalist. Um, I also love this level of like, I kind of like, I guess seeing as this is like my rewatch of all the things like, and I know that he gets a lot more characterization, but like principal bump, pretty fun principal. Mm -hmm. Like he's obviously like one of the, like the, the, the boiling aisles is just a horrible fucking awful place. Right. And that's just accepted. That's just normal. Uh, it's normal and you will be eaten by something eventually. Um, but like Principal Bump's kind of like vibe on all of this is like very much like the like, hmm, uh, maybe I am being really shitty about this. Like the his like willingness to reconsider his like learned positions is interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, while also still being like a a wild ass magical principle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice that they don't keep dragging out the will loose get get expelled, won't she? Uh, thing for too terribly long. Um, yeah, they just I think they because, only do it for this episode. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got the will she get in or won't she? Mm-hmm. And then you've got will she get expelled or won't she? And then that's pretty much it's it's pretty much done and over with because it's no longer an interesting way to engage with this particular part of the story. Right. Which is nice. They don't mm-hmm. it it's nice that it's not an on again, off again kind of thing that just drags on. I like that detention is an entire st- field of study that you can be in, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you lose your right to education in, in, in the Boiling Isles, apparently. Um, I, I do wish maybe we had a different plot device that wasn't like could be solved in a with a two minute conversation sort of situation. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's just that's just TV. Sometimes you just got to get from point A to point B. And I think it would have been better. I think it would have just been better if Luz had broken out and the, the kids felt rejected because she didn't want to spend time with them, you know, after they showed mm-hmm. her all this cool shit. Yeah. Like, I, you know. But, but I mean, what teenager is actually good at communication? I mean, like, that's really? also fair. It is. a they, She is an actual teen. So. Yeah. Uh, I do. Uh, I like. I, so it's interesting that this is I forgot there was ever a basilisk in this series. We will get another basilisk in this series, actually. Nice, nice. Um, we get to see more interiority of the basilisks. Obviously, like, listen, eating children, bad. Uh, I, I don't maybe not, maybe a controversial statement on this podcast. Uh, but you know, eating children's souls or what have you, probably not the greatest thing. Um, but we will also learn that like basilisks are treated very poorly <laughs> in the boiling aisles. So. Um, which I don't necessarily Love. know if was their plan all along or maybe they were just like, uh, oh, we want this thing. And they, you know, they made a bunch of choices and they're like, OK, but also this one is obviously eating the fucking magical energy of children. So, yeah, that's bad. I was, don't I do was that. about to say love. Love, love and metaphor for marginalization that involves the marginalized uh, party being dangerous in some Mm -hmm. way. Yep. Love it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, listen, at least they're consistent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I mean, they are magical. Like, I don't necessarily think that they're doing like a full on. Like. The character is metaphoric, but I don't think being a basilisk is used for that metaphor. It's like being a shapeshifter is. And also her power is useful at some point in time. So. Also, I don't necessarily know if it's all basilisks that are treated poorly or just 
her uh, because of things revolving around the emperor. So maybe it's, you know, he's a big, he's a big, he's a big old metaphor himself. So. Mm. Um. I guess I am assuming it's it, it's pretty understandable that we would, in fact, die for Barkus. Yes. Yeah. OK. Unequivocally, yes, of course, would lay down our lives for Barkus. The vibes reading, the vibes reading dog. <laughs> no. Yes. Um, I did. Uh, I did greatly enjoy uh, Luce's. Um, her entrance exam. Mm hmm. Uh, just because of the kind of the contrast between like how we see her in school at the very beginning of the series versus how she gets into school now. And even though like it clearly goes poorly for her, it's not something that she's getting kicked out of school for. She is in fact being accepted into school. Yeah. Like uh, principal bump all of this. Principal bump is like, my world is already fucking weird. Like you're nothing kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to, had to fist fight a hat that tried to eat a child. You ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like also so, just principal bump. I don't like seems to be like, the thing they kind of are presenting is Principal Bump is like an educator who he is concerned about things that he needs to be concerned about, like getting funding for his school. Like his motivations are understandable. Maybe not. He doesn't act on those motivations correctly all of the time. But like, you know, wanting to put on a good show so the government gives you money for your school. That's a, that's a very understandable motivation. Like mm -hmm. he has to do that in like the human world. That's not like a factor. You know what I mean? And when explained, like when f faced with like these kids and it's explained to him, principal bump is like, oh yeah, I'm being bad to the kids as opposed to her human principal who was like, how about you go to conversion camp kid? Yeah. I also feel like there's uh uh there's something to be said here about uh focusing too strongly on uh uh too strongly on uh one particular scientific method can uh cause you to be short sighted and uh reach the wrong conclusions. Mm -hmm. Uh specifically I'm thinking um I have a friend who uh, will will beat this drum uh, quite hard, and I definitely agree with him. You know, STEM majors should have to go through liberal arts training. Like, you need to have ethics training if you're going to go into STEM. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, and just seeing, I don't know this 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 whole debacle of having to focus on one thing and not recognizing that. Uh, not recognizing that focusing on one thing can be detrimental. Just, I kept thinking of that the whole time. Um, as a liberal arts, as a person who went to liberal arts college, I agree with this take. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's like, it's very clear that like 
Luz is thriving, like not in the boiling aisles because like Luz is thriving in the boiling aisles, not because it's weird, right? It's because it's accepting. Mm -hmm. And I like as you know, for all of the wackiness, what they're trying to tell is like a story of like, hey, what if people were like, I don't know, decent to each other? Um, and how much better that would if an environment for kids that is. Um, meanwhile, there's an exterior force trying to like put a lot of pressure on that on those people to be less accepting, which is very interesting as well. In the form of the emperor's coven and the covens in general. <laughs> um. Let's see. Oh, no. Good overall. Um, I I see why Disney was like, oh, yeah, this school thing seems good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this there, there's there's so much about the the school thing that uh this show just just nails and as far as like you know making the school interesting making it relatable making it you know hell like if if this show had had multiple seasons you know it could have been easily marketable like what coven are you in you know we could have had you know coven quizzes instead of hogwarts house placement like truly we could have had it all brian we could this is so much better and i like i know that dana it's not the story that dana wanted to tell Right. Yeah, I get that. Um, but boy, howdy, could they have really like if you just gave me like a kid's. Um, like school drama cartoon, uh, the Owl House could have absolutely fucking dumpstered all of the other ones out there, I feel like. Mm hmm. Because like basically by the middle of next season, the school is abandoned. <laughs> yeah. It is no longer important. Uh, probably arguably by the end of this season, the school is uh, no longer actually important to the plot of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I remember what happens at the end of the season. Yeah. So, like, you know, they get away from it very quickly, and which is fine. I think the story that, like, having watched the entire series, I think the story that they tell is very good. I like it. I do wish in maybe in the third season, if we had gotten the full actual third season, it would have been nice to see the contrasts between, um, I guess, like, uh, spoiler alert, Blues eventually goes back to Earth. I don't necessarily know if that's a huge revelation, because <laughs> that's what? just how Isekai stories work. Um. But uh, it would have been nice to see the contrast between, like, Luz having to be in, like, Earth school and the contrast between it and, like, Hexide. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, fate is fucking cruel. So we did not get that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's look at the. So almost all of these. All of the other language translations of the title, almost all of them are basically first today or the first today. Very easy title to mm -hmm. translate, right? Uh, except for in Mandarin. 
Oh boy. Where it is bizarre encounter during school admission. They just made up a I whole mean, ass new title. <laughs> it's not wrong though. Yeah. Like. But why? Exactly. <laughs> like almost all of them are the first day or the first day at school, you know, just kind of general the you know, one for one translation. Um but Mandarin just had to fucking wild off there and I salute them for it, frankly. All right. Um, moving on, unless we have more stuff to say about the first day. Uh, let me double check, but I don't think so. Nope, I think uh, I think I'm good there. OK, moving on to episode 14 uh, came out on, or it's called Really Small Problems, came out on August 1st, 2020, uh, was written by Zach Marcus and Dana Terrace, um, directed by Steve, sorry, no, Stu Livingston. Uh, synopsis. King confides in a carnival fortune teller to make his dream come true, but it comes at a cost. That, this is good. That was a good synopsis. <laughs> Yeah. Previous episode. Good. Less talking, like less wordy. Like um, we open in the owl house while Luz is doing her homework in the morning before school, which is not when one does homework typically. But um, she is on a conference call with Gus and Willow through the crystal ball. Ida is cooking. Maybe I can. I can never assume that like it, this synopsis says that Ida is cooking. I cannot believe that that is like until proven that she's making food. I'm not going to assume Ida's ever cooking. Um, yeah. Or she's like cooking in a breaking bad sense. Uh, <laughs> that seems more of Ida's Ida's uh, gear. Um, they are. Uh, so will or Luz does a magic trick. She has a little thumb detaching magic trick and Willow and Gus are amazed by this. Um, it's at this time that King interrupts, reminding Luz that about their comedy hour, uh, Ida is horrified by the idea of comedy hour, uh, wherein that Luz and King uh, basically just make bread puns uh, for a little bit till Luz realizes that she has to go to school. Um, King uh, does the like uh, dog who has poor object permanence thing where he waits at the door for Luz to come back, asking Ida if she's ever going to come back. And Ida's like, yes, she's going to come back. She always comes back. Um, King doesn't want to admit that he's going to miss Luz. But when Luz comes back through the door, he is ecstatic about it. Um, he uh, Luz uh, basically does not get to go to school today because there's an infestation of pixies. Um, that we will learn in this piece of side dialogue is Basha's fault. That's some foreshadowing for Basha. Um, and uh, that she can't go to school. Um, they do get a fly or Hootie then comes in. I forget. They don't just get the mail. No, <laughs> not in the owl house. Uh, Hootie comes in no. and he uh, vomits the mail onto the floor of the kitchen uh, where they discover that there's going to be a carnival in town. So they all decide to go to the carnival, uh, leaving Hootie uh, behind. When they arrive, King and uh, or no, Albert is trying to leave, um, but 
Uh, Ida's like, no, no, you've got to stay here. Uh, we've got scams to run. At that point, Tibbles, the little pig man who, um, is he the one who, like, uh, beat, he, he cheated, uh, no, he didn't even cheat. He just, like, beat Ida in, uh, Magic the Gathering, right? Yes. Yeah. I think he might have cheated, but, yeah, he, he beat Ida at, at Tragic the Gathering. Yes. Um... I think it's actually called Hexes Hold'em. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there, the crew is like, hey, why the fuck are you here? Why did you send us a brochure? We ruined your life. And he's like, no, 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 you didn't ruin my life. You made it better. Look, I'm a fucking carnival barker now. I have a tiny fucking carnival. Look, I've got all these tiny animals. And they're like, oh, that's cool, I guess. But we're uh, we're going to move on. He's like, no, no, before you move on here is a suspicious bottle of water. And Ida's like, yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> and throws it away and they leave. Um, wherein Ida um, destroys another man's life by stealing his livelihood to run her own scams. Um, and King and Luz go about looking through the carnival. Uh, while they're going through the carnival, they discover uh, a booth that has these um, little friendship bracelets. King really wants them. So Luz and King decide that they're going to go play the carnival games to win the friendship bracelets. But they run into Gus and Willow and King immediately starts feeling jealous and left out of the situation as the teens kind of do teen stuff. And King is slotted into the little brother role. Um we get a bit of a montage of all of that happening um, until finally, uh, like, the teens are all kind of standing around gossiping about stuff, and King wanders off where he runs into the totally a different character, Obvioso, uh, the uh, psychic who tells King, hey, listen, if you need, you look down, little buddy, I, my psychic powers tell me that you need some help here is definitely not the mysterious bottle of water from earlier in the episode. With one spray of this, um, you can make stuff disappear, and then all you have to do is tap your cheeks, and they will return. Um, King is like, oh, I don't... That's not true. That's that's not how it went down. It's very explicit. He's like, you know, see, I spray it, and it goes away, and then I tap my cheeks, and it comes back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But he kind of implies that King can make them return himself. He he does imply, but he he explicitly does not state. Yeah. Like they were very, very clear that he does not say that out loud. Yeah, he would be it would be legally binding, I guess. Um, if he said it out loud. He's gotta get through the magical court system. Um But King takes the stuff and he doesn't really want to uh use it. Um, but when he gets back, Luz is not, uh, Luz has run off for some reason. I can't quite remember. Um, oh, Luz apologizes to, uh, to King for abandoning him and King accepts and, uh, <coughs> and invites her to go play games and win the bracelet er, and she invites him to go play games and win the bracelets. Uh, she wanders off for a second. Um, and the uh or no no sorry this is what happens uh sorry i had to read through the synopsis as opposed to just like rambling through um 
King and Gus get into a slight little argument as to whether to go ride rides or play games, uh, but loses stomach rumbles. And she's like, I'm going to go get food first, actually. Um, the argument escalates between King and Gus, and then the little bottle uh, falls out of King's fanny pack and uh, hits the ground, spraying Willow and Gus, and then they disappear. Uh, King is uh, surprised by this, that it actually worked, and is going to try and return Gus and Willow. Um, but uh, when Luz returns, he thinks better of it, and uh, is like, well, you know, I can always bring them back, right? They, they can be disappeared for a little while. Uh, so him and Luz go have a nice day, but it turns out, uh, as the episode title might imply, Gus and Willow, they haven't been disappeared at all. They're, in fact, teensy-weensy. Um, meanwhile, over in the B-plot, uh, Ida gets arrested by clowns. Uh, <laughs> there's not much more to it than that. Uh, Ida gets arrested by clowns and uh, is blackmailed by uh, the boss clown into running scams for him throughout the carnival. Um, flashback to the crew. Uh, Willow and Gus uh, commandeer a fly uh, and do their best to try and, like... Uh, escape from uh, Tibbles and then also get Luz's attention. Uh, they do so uh, inside of the Hall of Mirrors using a big mirror to make them big enough that Luz can see them. Uh, Luz confronts um, King about this and uh, an argument between them leads to Luz and King also getting doused with the shrink juice, at which point Tibbles shows up and we discover that King cannot turn them back only Tibbles has the power to return them. Uh, Tibbles puts them into a gladiatorial battle with all of his tiny animals and sells tickets to it. Um, there are a number of unicorns and a, a chimera, right? There's like a straight up traditional chimera in there, if I remember correctly. I know there's one. The only thing that's sticking out in my mind is the swole ass unicorn. Like the there's there's like the swole ass unicorn and there's like a pigeon. Oh, right, right. There's a griffin. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, or what this show calls griffin wi griffins, which are like uh, lion shaped pigeons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the ones that constantly get referenced that like, I guess, like belch spiders or something like that. Um, call back to episode one. Um The uh, the kids begin fighting the animals. Um, and. Uh, and. But King kind of realizing that this is all his uh, fault. Uh, basically goes to like kind of like get solve this problem um, himself. Um, the. King decides uh, when he goes out, he apologizes to Luz uh, for what he's done. And he's like, listen, I'm sorry. I was just I know at some point at the end of this summer, you're going to go back to the human realm and then we won't have time to spend together. And now you're you're in school like and we're spending even less time together. And I just kind of got scared that I'm not going to see you, but I fucked up and I'm going to fix it. Um, he uses a, a tower of tiny animals to escape the terrarium that they're trapped in. Um and using the friendship bracelets, uh, wax Tibbles right in the cheek, wherein he, like, touches his cheek from where he got hit. Um, and Tibbles is like, ah, son of a bitch. 
reverting everything back <laughs> to its regular size. Um, the animals, who are now fucking huge, uh, begin rampaging through the fucking crowd. Um, Ida, realizing that Tibbles has, like, has fucking attacked her children, um, covers him in crab apples, which are cra- apples that are crabs, um, that the unicorns love, and uh, Tibbles is almost certainly eaten by unicorns off screen. Um, the... Uh, the friendship bracelet has been broken in this process into four pieces. King offers uh, the pieces to Gus and Willow as well, uh, which they accept. Everybody has a great time. Ida also steals all of the ill-gotten gains from Tibbles. Uh, everybody wins. We return to the Owl House where Hootie has uh, befriended a fly and... Um, they they have gone on such raucous adventures. Uh, then Hootie accidentally eats the fly, um, and informs us that friendship tastes like bugs. Star wipe the end. Yep. 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 Uh, Hootie is uh, the best character in this show. Fucking Hootie. <laughs> um. This is a fun little episode. Yeah, like it's good character stuff. Um, I mean, it doesn't like the, the the capital P plot doesn't necessarily get advanced, but like it's a good like it's a good story to tell. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with filler episodes when they're done well. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really well put together filler episode. It You know, it's got. You know, fun character interactions. It's got character moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like a good heart you know, to it King. too. Like, yeah. So it's and and the B plot again. You know, the B plot here is not terribly intrusive. It's not anything that you know. It's it's. I feel like the B plot is there solely so so Ida can be like, those are my dumb kids. <laughs> true i meant to screenshot Um, that uh to like post into the like to tag danielle in um (laughs) yeah so so is ida like leaving tibbles to get eaten alive is that a war crime do we increment so here's the thing she doesn't leave tibbles to get eaten alive she actively creates a situation in which he will be eaten alive by unicorns (laughs) Okay, so do we get to increment the war crime? I would say so. Making some, like, committing somebody to being eaten alive by horses seems like a war crime. Okay. Um. Um. I mean, I also like that, like, while we love Gus and Willow, they are also a little shitty to King this whole time, like, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way that teenagers like can be sort of like they're like all three of them are just being teens, right? They're not being bad yes. necessarily. They're just not being like the most considerate of somebody else's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice. Like I like that. Like while obviously like King disappearing, like in his mind disappearing them is like bad, right? Like you get to why why he gets to there and like you see where everybody's side is on this whole situation which is nice 
like we continue to get like King get can continue to be sympathetic throughout the episode. Mm hmm. Um, and also kind of pushes us more toward like. Cohes cohesing them like into like especially the like kind of Owl House trio like into full on family vibes, right? Like with Mom Ida, little brother King, lose, you know. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I mean, there's not like <laughs> the problem is there's just not like it's a fun little episode, but there's just not a lot to talk about. Yeah. I think uh, most of my most of my notes are about like you know fun lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. I love in this episode the fun police fun police fucking gag. Perfect, frankly. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I love the fun police. Um, I love every scene that Hootie is in. I love how visceral him throwing up the mail is. They could have made that let they could have made that scene less long. <laughs> they did not. And it they brave. Yeah. Braver than any troop. Um <laughs> Yeah. The the fucking talking skull. Yeah, oh god, I love the talking skull. <laughs> Shh, quiet. No, shut the fuck up. Like just bapping it. Like, no, shut the fuck up, ancient artifact. Yeah. Just some good shit. Trum. Just just some real good shit. Yeah. Just a fun little episode of television. Um, kind of the last sort of like fun little episode of television that will be in the this season. We'll get back to more fun little episodes of television I in in a season two, but mm -hmm. um Yeah, I I don't really I don't really have a whole lot to say about this episode. Um, um let's read through uh down here on this wiki entry um there is a list of all of the the uh things featured at the Bonesboro ca Carnival. There is all right. the Bone let's... Tomb, Bloodshot, uh -huh. Pop the Polyp, obviously Tipple's Tent of Tiny Terrors, Ida's Human Horror House. Uh, the molar coaster eat the fried orb which uh also i love eat the fried orb yeah uh <laughs> like a show made by extremely online people to be like or <laughs> um there's the house of death screeball obvioso the ob all sing psychic right uh, i believe there is a food item called unicorn um, and it's corn spelled with a Q. Um, bumper carcasses, three man cauldron spinner, the triple swing, a photo booth that has room for exactly three people. Uh, I believe that's the mm -hmm. full title of it. Uh, skull toss, the wheel of confusion, the wall of rats, uh, jump scares, uh, cotton, uh, cotton candy, um, or the booth labeled cotton candy, gut cakes, frozen food. Uh, the scary tunnels, uh, scary tunnel thrills and chills, whack a giraffe, 
rotten candy. It's funny that there's a cotton candy stand and a rotten candy stand. These are two distinct items mm-hmm. in the bur- boiling aisles. Uh, a house of mirrors and then the fun police HQ. Um, Fucking incredible. So yeah, Ida has a bounty on really her. Great. Ida has a bounty of one trillion fucking dollars. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because uh, I'm looking, there's apparently a bunch of wanted posters inside of Fun Police HQ. And Ida is worth a trillion dollars. I cannot imagine in any reality. I don't know what uh, a snail conversion rate is worth. Um, but there's no way you can run scams better than a trillion dollars. <laughs> Fucking honestly, a uh, fun police commissioner based uh, class solidarity from the <laughs> fun police commissioner there. <laughs> there's also a wanted poster for, quote, a mass of skulls <laughs> and mean slime. Um, and that's it that's all that that's everything i have (laughs) what are the oh yeah 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 let's go let's go do the do the bit um in portuguese this translates to happiness and small things uh, Mandarin, again, just inventing new titles, Adventures in the Amusement Park. <laughs> they didn't even get, they didn't even try. <laughs> um, Japanese, it's small, big problems. In Korean, the title of the episode is The Kids Have Shrunk. Just getting extremely to the point in Korea. Yeah. Um, and everything else is just kind of like, uh, kind of like variations on small problems uh (laughs) the kids have shrunk not they didn't even try to do a honey i shrunk the kids vibe nope just the kids have shrunk Mm -hmm. just they're shrunk tiny they're gone now oh interesting hmm um, one of the people who was on the story, cr- the story team for this episode is Molly Knox Ostertag, Ostertag, who is Molly Knox Ostertag is the partner to um, Nate uh, to Nate Stevenson. Huh? Yeah. Also, apparently was like a, an artist for Star versus the Forces of Evil and Thundercats Roar. Uh, uh, Thundercats War is a show I never watched. <laughs> I knew it existed. Was that the the weird anime inspired one? Yeah. It looked cute, but not like uh, interesting. <laughs> I don't care about the Thundercats. Mm. Fun fact, I don't care about most shit from the 80s. There was there was the the weird like reboot that they did. I want to say in the early 2000s. Yeah, the very vascular one. The the one that was like Escaflone inspired. Yeah. 
that one was weird, but compelling. Um, I don't know. Like, to me, the only, like, really successful 80s reboot so far has been She-Ra. Mm. Um... I mean, I didn't say it was successful. Oh, no, no, yeah. Like, I mean, like it got like, axed after one season. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like Voltron could have gotten there if they didn't just shit the bed so hard. Shit the bed in their last two seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. And then I like the the new He-Man thing, the one where He-Man dies or whatever. It was fine, wow, but not spoilers. He dies in like the first episode. I'm <laughs> That's I'm like kidding. its whole deal. Um, that all of the like the dude bros online hated because it was like woke and gay or whatever. But it wasn't actually woke and gay, which is like it would have been better if it had been like it didn't fully commit. It was just like, and he man is dead. And there's a lady. And it's like, okay, Kevin Smith, that's fine, I guess. Um So. So yeah. Uh <laughs> thus ends uh Thundercats hour. Uh <laughs> yes so next time so we have two episodes left in this season dear listener um next time we are watching uh understanding willow and enchanting grom fright shit's about to get gay it's gonna get like the the brick is about to get dropped on the gay accelerator pedal of this show (laughs) like it's like we've been gradually getting up to speed but the show really just kind of like fucking goes for it at enchanting grom fright Mm-hmm. Um, never looks back. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be watching three episodes. We're going to watch Wing It Like Witches, Agony of a Witch, and Young Blood Old Souls. And then we'll be done with this season. Um, we have not picked August. A oh fuck it, fuck we've done it again. I need to contact Lou about fucking new season art. <laughs> I feel like we can probably because the the seasons of Owl House are so much shorter than Steven Universe. I feel like we can probably just let the the art slide for. Yeah. For the rest of the series. Yeah, that's fair. Um, The. But yeah, so uh, we also need to figure out something we're going to watch for our in between yeah. season. So we could finally watch the third or the fourth Evangelion movie. We probably won't. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we could watch a different Tomino thing. Uh, not Tomino. Um, I'm blunt. Ikahara? No, the fucking Evangelion guy. Oh, Anno. Anno, yeah. We could watch a different Anno thing because dropping, I think, like on the 28th of July um, is Shin Common Rider. It's going to be on Amazon like day and date. Oh, shit. Which I'm actually very interested in. And I could contact Brandon. Brandon might come on and watch it with us. 
Yeah. Brandon loves Common Rider. That could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah. I mean, let me shoot him a message and see what what's up. Um Let's see. Uh f- what's going on in FTL land, August? Wait, wait, we've got a question. Oh fuck, we do. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. Uh our our third our third segment, we have uh, we finally have a third segment bit. Um Let's see. Who liked this? Was it? Oh, somebody did. So, like, thank you, Papino Limon. Um, or at uh, Ellie for a bit um, for liking our stupid tweet uh, to Dana Dana Terrace. Um, oh my god! Let's. We're see, never going got... to get Dana Terrace on the show. Yeah, now. I know. Um, All right, so we've got we've got a question, two questions, but they're both from Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the the first question is, what magic track or tracks uh, would you study? Um, I think I own too many tarot decks to not at least dabble in the Oracle track. Okay. Um, I just to update. I've I've resent the I have retweeted the tweet again. Oh my god! Um, I've said this time we are oh nearing god. the end of our first hashtag the Owl House season, and the world needs to know, Dana. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, Brian. Oh my! Oh, god. somebody commented on it. Raphael Navarro commented on our last tweet. Uh, they said that they love the pod, which thank you, Raphael. Um, appreciate it. Also, there's a. Uh... Sorry, we, I literally check this Twitter two every two weeks, so <laughs> I'm very behind. But they they linked to a website called Tokuzilla.net. Um. Oh, they're telling us to check out a, a, a Toku show called uh, I'm going to probably butcher this. Uh, Cho Ushini. No, Cho Ushini Flashman uh, on Tokuzilla.net. Apparently, it's like a website that's, I guess, got Sentai stuff on it. Um, that's apparently pretty good. Um, so I might check that out. I might just check this website out in general. Because I've been kind of wanting to get more, get a better knowledge of tokusatsu and Super Sentai stuff. I have a very limited, um, uh, white man (laughs) knowledge of this shit. So thank you for that, Raphael. Oh, God. This could be an excuse to rewatch Common Rider Double. Mm. <laughs> well, but we got to watch. Listen, we got a whole anime we got to watch after the Owl House. But I guess yeah, you could also true, watch Common Rider Double all on your own. Yeah, I could. I don't know. I don't think we can become it's a, a Toku show. show. There's too much competition. We we got to stay in our one tiny little yeah. niche. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's true. We can't comp- obviously we can't compete with anybody bigger than us. 
<laughs> um anyways sorry um what track would yes. i be on um I mean, I probably would like arguably with my skill set would end up probably in the construction guilds. Um, though I don't necessarily know if that's like a, is a coven on on like the the career fair seemed to imply that it was a coven on on to its own. But I don't remember seeing it up there in the like fucking coven heads thing. I guess I would also be I could yeah. be in the bard coven. I am fairly musical. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, what was the other question? Uh, where does Hank Hill fall on the fictional dad scale? Oh, I believe I weighed in on this, not realizing it was a question for our show. Um, oh, I. Oh, that's right. You did. Um, he's almost on Greg's level, but a little less. No questions asked accepting. So 90 no, that was for Bob's. Oh, wait, no, that, that was, was for Bob, Bob Belcher. That was Hank Hill okay, gets like yeah. a seventy. I feel like he's above average, yeah. but he's not. He has fucking problems. He for nineties dad, because you kind of got to grade it on like a like a nineties early two thousands curve as well. Because, like, if you're looking at our, his competition, it's like Homer Simpson. Obviously, he beats Homer Simpson, right? And most mm-hmm. sitcom dads. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he he's trounced by, like, other, uh, like, giants of the category, like Piccolo. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, but, yeah, Bob's Bob from Bob's Burgers got brought up. And Bob, I feel like, is a 90. He's not as like yes, carte blanche accepting as Greg is. Um, but Bob Belcher, pretty good fucking dad. Yeah, like for a dad who has to raise real children and not magical chosen ones, pretty fucking good dad. Yep. What has? What am I looking? Why are there? Why has Metal Sonic wandered into the server? What did I miss? Uh, you missed a uh, fee asking uh, for calibration um, on the the dad scale. Gendo Ikari, Boruto's dad, Doctor Eggman, Anakin Skywalker, and then uh, we uh, then it was a matter of uh, showing off Doctor Robotnik's kid. Who's this other? Wait, there's another person standing next to Metal Sonic with a shirt. I guess it's a oh they I, oh oh it's a, a Robotnik actually has a kid in Sonic Frontiers called Sage I guess I don't know anything about Sonic Frontiers I don't either um I like this design of Metal Sonic though cute yeah um Gendo Akari is like. Gendo Akari is, like, probably worse than Peter Griffin. He's the worst dad. Yeah. Uh, he's categorically <laughs> the worst dad. Um, I don't know anything about Naruto. I don't know about Naruto as a father. Mm-hmm. Like, I know about Naruto as a snot-nosed teenager, and he's fine. He's a 
a shonen protagonist who's young and scrappy and go get him, Date Bayo. Um, but I don't know about him as a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, weigh in, <clears throat> audience. Um, Dr. Eggman, I don't know. Uh, Metal Sonic's pretty dope, 60. <laughs> um, the and then Anakin Skywalker, uh, Anakin Skywalker NA. was never a dad. Yeah, I was about to say NA, not yeah. a father. Darth Vader, however, um, 55. <laughs> so. I'm basing this primarily off of the Forced Unleashed video games. <laughs> oh. Huh. Uh, so. Not on his treatment of Luke. I don't care. Uh, the real protagonist of Star Wars, uh, Starkiller. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, if you want to ask questions about the episodes that we've watched and or uh weigh in on your uh, give us other dads you want us to rank which i'm fine i don't care either is fine or if you want to suggest to us more toku shows that we should watch that's cool too um the i bet did we have a conversation about shin common writer last time we recorded august is that why this person commented on this i don't remember that would require me to actually remember things. I bet you we did. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'll... We probably did. Um, anyways, uh, you can join our Discord. Our Discord's the easiest way to get a hold of us. And we have a great community. Uh, the link is in the description of the episode. Um, we have just a phenomenal Discord community where you can come talk about the shows that we're watching. Uh, talk to other people about basically fucking anything under the goddamn sun. Uh, everybody's real nice, real supportive. Um, it's a pretty cool community that we have built there, and I very much invite you to come join it. August, what's going in and on in FTL, one of the only active shows left on the network? <laughs> <laughs> um, we just started season mm-hmm. seven. Um, we, as of the time this releases, we should be about to wrap up the first arc of season seven. Um, we are hopefully going to record the last bit of FTL presents Pathfinder later this month. Um, so fingers crossed there. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's where that's at. Uh, by the time, By the time this is released, everybody's met our new cast member, uh, our new cast member, Corey. Uh, Anya is also uh, being absorbed into the cast. Uh, so uh, no big shocker since Anya has been recording Pathfinder with us. <laughs> Anya has already so. been part of the cast, arguably. Um, yeah. So sick, sick, sick. Um, Otherwise, uh, I think that's what it. What are they doing over on Escafil Files? They're done with the main Animorphs, aren't they? 
Yeah, but I think there's like the Elemist Chronicles, and I think there may be some other like supplementary books. Yeah, I know there's some choose your own adventure shits. But I don't know if that yeah. counts. I don't know where any of this falls on the count. The, the, the fucking. Uh, Animorphs canon timeline. Um, I don't know. You, dear listener, will get uh, you're going to get some early information. But like the episode of Dumb Kids that comes out this week is going to be the last episode of Dumb Kids for a little while. I will put a tease. I will put some information on that. But that show will be going on hiatus. Um, I'll probably throw the stream that uh, you guys just. Is it still going or do we wrap it up? We wrapped it. We wrapped it. It was five parts and mm. it was the last part was this Saturday. Yeah. So. Um, the ultraviolet conspiracy, uh, catastrophe. catastrophe. God damn it. Uh, ultraviolet catastrophe will, uh, be in that feed for a hot minute. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to figure out something to put in the room where feed. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is that. Um, I believe it was you last time. I think it's my turn. Uh, sounds okay. about right. Well, dear listener, I, uh, I implore you, uh, to be like Cookie Cat and to not conform to a system that is designed specifically to limit you, uh, by a bigoted old man from the 17th century. Peace. Peace.